Welcome into the studios of ESP Media. I'm Rob Evil. It's the Back Nine with head coach Dan Dunlap, episode six, coach. And we have some uh, players in with us, uh, Thomas Henderson and Matt Dalton. Guys, welcome. Thanks for having us today. Looking forward to it as usual. The uh, last time we were in, um, it was right before heading up to Ohio State in the state meet. And we'll get to that a little later. But uh, a little tease for folks to hang with us. Um, I'm here with Thomas Henderson and Matt Dalton. Uh, guys, welcome to the uh, podcast studio, and thank you for coming on. Thomas uh, comes in as a first-team GCL and first-team Southwest District. Congratulations on a great year. Thank you. You're uh, quite welcome. And then Matt, second-team GCL and second-team Southwest District. Coach, um, I'm guessing these guys must be up-and-coming leaders or they wouldn't be in here with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thomas and Matt had incredible years for us statistically and uh, on and off the course. They've been with us for three years now on the varsity level. They've had that experience playing in sectional districts. Uh, Maybe later we'll talk about Matt's epic tee shot of his first sectional swing freshman year. Nice. But uh, they've come a long way. And uh, the fact that they're juniors right now and statistically they were our two lowest averages for the 2019 season you know we'll talk a little bit about going into 2020 but uh it's always nice when you have your two uh lowest averages coming back that's exciting for you right i mean it's uh it gives you something to really look forward to over the summer and uh, get ready to to go for the 2020 season yeah each one of these years has been fantastic you know my first year as head coach in 2016 that was the current senior classes freshman year and we had a really good crop of athletes come in that year and then 2017 was the year with Thomas and Matt and they both played uh, varsity as freshmen and they sure. both played in the sectionals and districts as freshmen so uh, you know they've got plenty of experience going into next year there's no reason why we can't uh, have another great year with these two leading the charge sounds exciting uh, let's start with Thomas first uh, now that you've got three seasons of molar golf uh, under your belt, uh, what has been the difference from your freshman year to your junior year completing? Tell me the difference of the game. Um, specifically this year, I think I improved a lot emotionally and um, mentally. And, of course, um, my game has steadily improved every season. Um the main thing is that the off season, I've gotten a, a lot, lot better. Did the off season get? Did you, as you got older, did you find mm-hmm. the off season becoming more important as you prepare for the next season? Um, yeah, I mean, everything just gets a little bit more focused okay. as you're going on. So. Right. Nice, um, Matt. How about you? From your freshman year to just now wrapping up uh, your junior year on Molar Golf. Uh, talk a little bit about the difference in, uh, you know, just in your game and the speed and your patience and your physical attributes, those type of things uh, between your freshman and now your junior year. Yeah, I mean, I'd say as the years go on, we've got a lot closer as a team. Like my freshman year, it was a good year, but a lot of the guys were a lot older than me and we weren't as close Whereas this year and last year, we're all similar ages and we all hang out with each other every day and we're all really good friends. And physically as a golfer, I mean, I've got a lot stronger. That's like one of the big things I've noticed. I've gotten taller, stronger. My mental games got better and I've just become a lot better of a golfer, like smarter and not let the big, big numbers affect me as much as they used to. 
Nice. One of the things that we've talked about in on these podcasts is golf is an individual sport wrapped up in a team sport. So I'm guessing uh, with what Matt said, Thomas, uh, that freshman year and now with this year being a really tight-knit bunch, how much did that help you when you went out individually on the course knowing you had a close-knit group as a teammate? Uh, yeah, it certainly helped to have a lot of guys who are – you, you, you got hang along out with, with yeah that you hang out with a lot at school so you know it, it it's certainly a big helper for um taking the weight off sure how about you yeah definitely i know i got four other guys that if i don't have a good day they'll for sure be there and support me and we'll still put up a good number either way Definitely. coach we've talked about that you know that the, the individual sport within a team sport and it uh, sounds like uh you've got it back uh, with the right group of guys that uh, where you want it. Yeah, that's a staple for Moeller Golf over the last 30 years. You know, we've been very fortunate enough to have those groups where, as Matt talked about, you know, it's not just one or two guys carrying the team. It's sure. if, if they don't have to have that pressure, if they don't shoot even par, right. we're not going to contend because you can count on guys two, three, four, five, six, et cetera. And, uh, you know, our best teams in Moeller Golf history have had that tight-knit relationship right. off the golf course as well, and uh, this year was no different. You know, statistically, we had one of the, you know, best seasons in Moeller Golf history compared to number of tournaments won, to team average, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, when you look at it and you look uh, on and off the golf course, you know, there's a reason why. It's, yeah. it's not like these guys are complete strangers Camaraderie. coming together and going out there playing as five individuals for sure. the sectional district state, these guys are five individuals all wearing the Moeller Golf logo. Right. And when it's on your bag and on your shirt, I can't tell you how many times uh, throughout the golf year I'll go up to Thomas or Matt on the golf course, hey, how you doing? You know, let's talk about this golf shot. And one of the first things out of their mouth is, how's everybody else doing? You know, how's Ryan doing? How's Ethan doing? How's Brock doing? How's Hayden doing? How's Thomas? How's Matt? You know, they, they're very concerned about each other. And that's one thing that we preach at uh, Moeller, uh, Coach O'Brien, Coach uh, Horner, and myself, is that uh, we don't want our guys making dumb decisions on sure. the golf course. If they do that in the spring and summer when they're playing individual tournaments, that only affects their score. Right. But when you make a dumb mental decision on the golf course during the fall, right. and when you're wearing this Moeller logo, you're hurting the team. Sure. And, and the difference this year showed it. There were so many good golf teams in the state of Ohio, all grouped together, and we all fought it out at the state tournament. The difference between a double and triple bogey uh, could be the difference between first and fourth you know, in any given tournament because that's how bunched up wow. uh, the talent level was with these teams. What, what do you think, what would you speculate that, that has caused uh, the varsity golf level to be so um, competitive and the parity being so close? That's a great question. You know, we've because oh. typically it's been four or five programs, you know, that have dominated around the state for years. Yeah, yeah. Th this year it was uh, realistically you could talk to a, a number of golf coaches that were at the state tournament, and I think they all collectively agreed, as would I, that there were you know a good seven, eight schools in the state of Ohio that really separated themselves this year sure. because. You know, we're not the only ones that have the schedule. There's, there's, you know, ten other schools around the state of Ohio that we we play against in all these tournaments, and we know who the good teams are. We right. know who the average teams are that can get hot for a weekend and scare you. But um, realistically, at, at the state golf tournament, there were you know 
seven teams wow. that uh, really had a good shot of winning that tournament. And uh, it uh, just so happened that uh, the defending state champion won again. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they've done that before. Yes. yes. Well, Six times in the last decade. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Hey, let's talk about the, uh, just an overview of the 2019 season. Uh, last podcast, we talked about the, the difficulty uh, of the invitationals that uh, that coach scheduled for you guys, uh, the GCL quads. Um, Matt, the the overall season for you, and I'd like I like to do the comparison from your freshman year to your junior year. How was the season for yourself from from beginning to end as far as competition and and your play? Um. Well. I- we for don't need sure. to talk about every match. I'm just yeah. in general. <laughs> for sure, this year felt a lot longer, and I feel like we played better courses this year. Like my freshman year, I was on the gold team for about half the year, and then I moved up at the end of the season. So I didn't really get to play all the great courses. Um, I played my freshman and sophomore year. Okay. Um, but junior year, yeah, we had, we played really nice golf courses. We traveled all across the state of Ohio stayed in lots of hotels it was it was really fun this year so was the schedule that you played during the regular season did it get you ready for tournament play oh absolutely yeah for sure it was we had a very hard schedule like we played very difficult golf courses that require you to think and have your game sharp just like ohio state gotcha um thomas talk talk about uh, the the overall regular season schedule from your freshman year now to wrapping up your, your junior year, uh, kind of the differences in schedule, competition, courses, those kind of things. Yeah, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to be on top varsity for a little longer. And the schedule as a whole was a little bit the same, but the courses that we started off with this year were a lot better. Okay. And, the and cor- when you say better, do you mean more difficult? Or just uh, more preparing, just be- okay, for 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 the season that we were about to have. Um, it was kind of right out of the gate. We played. I felt the right courses for us okay. to set up well for the rest of the season. Right, and then would you agree with Matt in that your regular season schedule got you ready for postseason? Definitely, um, it's rigorous, and. A lot of the schools that we play are really, really good, and the courses we play are really, really good. And I agree with Matt that it really set us up well for Scarlet. So. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, let's talk about uh, your favorite courses that you played this year. Give me your two favorite courses that you played this year. Ooh, my two favorite courses were definitely Scarlet and Scioto. Those were re- they're really similar courses up in Columbus area. And what makes them a favorite for you? Well, they're long golf courses, and um, I like to hit a lot of drivers, and you can hit a lot of drivers, and it's kind of a bomber golf course, so it's really fun for me, so I can just open up. Gotcha. Thomas, how about you? Your two favorite courses this year? Uh, Scioto, definitely. I agree with Matt, and probably Scarlet as well was really good. Was there – you guys played out of Ohio. Yeah, we went to North Carolina yep. played Pine Needles, which is a fantastic golf course as yep. well. And uh, the second round was at Mid Pines, and we won that tournament. Yes. How, how did you guys like playing down in North Carolina? Oh, yeah, it was really fun. It was a lot different than what we're used to, for sure. Like, the greens were a lot more slopey, and they bowled off, and you'd have a lot of 
hardships that you have to kind of play lower and stuff and it really tested us as golfers and made us think about how to play every shot and you never like there was never an easy golf hole down there gotcha Tom, how about you um going down there was really tough because it's a lot different playing down there because there's a lot of bermuda rough and bermuda grass and that's very different than what we play right up here it's a different type of grass, and it makes it very hard to get your club through it. It can sometimes catch your club, which made it really hard tournament. Nice. And what the kids are talking about here is is one of the reasons I say that PGA Tour players don't get enough credit for how good they are because just going from California to Florida to Maine, you know, Where are they tra- in Asia this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, over in Japan. And uh, when, when you're talking about different grasses. That makes a huge difference. You know, in basketball, there's not different, really, hardwood floor. In in football, sure, there's different grass and astroturf. But in golf, it it really affects the way the ball moves, the way the club goes through. So uh, it was a great test of golf going down to North Carolina and playing these very hard golf courses with uh, that that are different than what we play in Ohio. But again, that all goes back to our schedule, and there's no doubt about it that tough golf courses like that really get us prepared for the postseason run. How long does it take you, uh, when you sit down and start prepping for 2020, how long does it take you to put the varsity schedule together? Honestly, it's it's pretty much set in stone right now. It, it, it's uh, we're, we're at a point where our schedule is very unique compared to a lot of other schools. You know, I was just at the Southwest District Ohio Golf Coaches meeting last week, and some schools were talking about how their league requires them to play, you know, so many nine-hole sure. matches. And and we're very lucky, part of the GCL, we have our quad matches, right. but that's only four. And then the rest of our dates are pretty much 18-hole tournaments that we travel. And when you talk about, we, we, we tend to play the same tournaments every year at these great courses. We know we're going to Scioto. You know, we're going up to play Jerome's Invitational. This year was at Muirfield. St. John's Invitational, we know yeah. when that is. Everybody around the state knows when our Molar Invitational date is. Right. So these tournaments usually, for the most part, stay on the same corresponding date. Right. So, for example, the Molar Invitational has always been the third Saturday in August. So that might rotate from, what, like the 17th through the 24th, depending on how the year goes. Uh, but all these teams know they're not accepting an invitation to another right. tournament on the third because they know sure. Molar's Invitational is there. Uh, so that that's one of the nice things, but it does get a little bit more difficult when we are scheduling the gold schedule as well. And uh, it's been fantastic that we've been getting invited to so many other tournaments that our top team can't play. Right. We pass that off to our gold schedule, and sure. next thing you know, uh, as a couple of our assistants told me, our gold schedule is just as good as many of the top schedules around the state of Ohio that high school kids can play. Right. Matt, you played on the gold team a little bit uh, in your three years, right? Did I? Yeah, my freshman year I did. So how important was that uh, being on the varsity gold team as far as where you are today? Uh, was that helpful Helpful in your high school golf foundation? Yes, absolutely. Like It was kind of developmental because I didn't really expect to make my the varsity team my freshman year, so it's definitely good that it's a little lower than the top varsity that I can maybe have a bad round and learn from it. And it's a lot better to help me grow as a golfer. Good. Uh, Thomas, how about you? Same thing? Did you, uh, freshman year, were you on gold, or have you been on uh, varsity all three years? Uh, no, I, I, I played 
two matches on gold? I think it was two. Yeah. And then once Not you many. you won or finished second at the St. Ignatius Invitational, uh, you were up to the top team for the... I think I tied for first. Tied for first there, yeah. At yeah. 71 at uh, Red Tail, was that right? 72. 72, yeah. So even, but you did play two, and uh, I, I'm sure that had a, a, a mental approach for you, uh, and you went after it, and knowing you wanted to get to the upper team, uh, I'm sure it was a, a good experience, and uh, you got recognized and moved up. Yeah. I, uh, my goal was just to kind of just stay in my lane and, and play my golf. And then if I got moved up, I got moved up. If, if I didn't, I, it wasn't, it wasn't going to affect me. Gotcha. Okay. To wrap this segment up, I want to ask you one last question. Your best round, uh, for your junior year, Thomas, your best round this year as a junior for Moeller golf, uh, 69 at Glenview Ooh. in our GCL championships. Yeah, that would uh, that would rate. Yeah, that was a that good worked, round. We were, we were happy to see that one come <laughs> in, and and it was a great uh, practice round for us in competition, getting ready for district as well, which was at Glenview. So nice, set up well. That worked out well. Matt, how about you? Your best round this year? Uh, I think my best round was like a seventy-four at uh, Scioto because Ooh. it it's a really hard golf course. I right. shot a couple of seventy-threes and one or two seventy-twos, but Scioto is definitely harder than all those other golf courses and. To shoot a 74 there, I feel it was the best round of this year. That's pretty solid. Yeah, so I ask our boys a lot, you know, what's the best round of your life or so? And a lot of times the guys will say their lowest round. I didn't say lowest round because sometimes your lowest round might be on a uh, par 70. Sure. Hickory you Woods. Know, Hickory Woods right. public golf course, right. yeah. And you might go out and shoot 66. But if you go to an Inverness or a Scioto or a Scarlet and you shoot something 74, 75, a lot of times that is your best round because of the competition and the course and things like that. Right. Well, guys, great stuff. Let's take a break. We'll come back, uh, talk about uh, the Scarlet course ahead for the offseason and expectations next year. This is the back nine with Moeller coach Dan Dunlop and Thomas Henderson, Matt Dalton, and Rob Ebel. We'll be right back. Romano has been helping men and now women look their best for over 50 years. Established in 1968 by Master Taylor Romualdo in the quaint community of Madeira, Ohio, Romualdo has become a Cincinnati staple for authentic menswear, bespoke garments, and old-world tailoring, gathering national recognition while staying true to their goal of delivering exceptional products with unparalleled service. Romualdo is truly a destination for any style-minded individual. Located at 7121 Miami Avenue in the heart of Madeira, Romualdo is more than just a suit shop. Stop in for anything from denim and t-shirts to sport coats, sweaters, grooming products, and much more. As we approach the holidays, Romualdo is your one-stop shop for the best gifts for the men and women in your life. Centrally located just 15 minutes from downtown, 10 minutes from Hyde Park, and a quick jaunt from Mason, Romualdo, suited for the everyday man. 7121 Miami Avenue in Madeira. For professional staffing, there's only one name you need to know. Robert Half. Robert Half custom matches our candidates to your specific hiring requirements by combining personalized service from local staffing experts with an advanced matching technology based on 70 years of successful placements. For highly skilled accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, or administrative staffing, count on Robert Half. We'll find you productive, engaged employees. Learn more at roberthalf.com slash radio. Welcome back into the studios of ESP Media. This is the Back Nine with Head Coach Moeller, Dan Dunlop. We have Thomas Henderson and Matt Dalton also joining us in studio. Guys, great job for a segment. Uh, what kind of shape was the uh, Scarlet course in, Coach? 
Uh, gosh, great question. Um, it was not up to par that's what to, I heard. to that's use a golf. I, that's why I thought I'd start with this segment. I, I, I told the guys, because uh, unfortunately we haven't been there in a few years, and uh, this was my uh, 16th time there uh, with Moeller Golf. Um, unfortunately, the greens were, were the worst shape I've seen them in, and uh, the tees, they just aerated them, and uh, the fairways were a little patchy. The timing patchy. of that with the state tournament coming in just didn't make sense. Where what I was well, reading. what I believe happened was they hold a big um, minor league PGA Tour event called the Corn Ferry Tour, and uh, they hold a big tournament there, and it was about a month before the state tournament. And whenever the tour comes into a golf course, they they bake it out they cut the greens real low they get it ready to be fast and firm and a lot of times these golf courses take a while to rejuvenate and uh, you know get healthier from that week of play during that big time tournament and so I think that ended up pushing with the drought we had pushed a lot of the you know fall aeration schedules things like that back and uh, I yeah god it was it was 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 it almost disappointing was it all because you're, you're you're excited as heck to be yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. You're on a cloud. You get there, and you're like, oh. I've just never seen putts bump as many times as they did on that course for our for everybody. You know, usually it's like putting on this table right yeah. here, and that ball just rolls end over end, smooth as can be. You know, Scarlet is usually in just immaculate shape, and uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want to slam anybody right. no, that's I, taking care of that course because. We love being there, and the the course is fantastic. And the history, it was just they, they've had a tough time, which a lot of courses have yes. had. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah, I I, I figured I'd start with that. Uh, <laughs> way to get that one out of the way. <laughs> get that out of the way. <laughs> Thomas, talk to me about uh, your experience up at the Scarlet Course for the state tournament for the OHSA. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough. I I I felt that I played a lot better than I uh, scored up there. So that that made it kind of tough for me. Does that happen with tough courses? You know, where you where, where you think you hit the ball well, you had good strokes, and you're like, wow, that wasn't the score that I had anticipated. More often than um, than on not so great courses, but you know, what can you do? Yeah, great, um, Matt. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was really fun up there. There was a lot of people, and a lot of people. My family came up to support me, and that was really fun. Um, does it make you guys nervous uh, uh, having a bigger audience there for that meet, uh, the state meet, than a typical GCL quad or going to Scioto or something like that? Is there? It, I, I don't want to use the word pressure because you guys play a lot, but is there something that I, I don't know what the right word was? Um, well, no, you're asking the right questions because there there is pressure that's not on these other tournaments. Uh, you know, I was there as a player and I went into the state tournament believing I was going to win the state tournament and then and I try to coach these guys the week leading up to state that guys it's okay if you make a a bogey your first three or four holes because there's a lot of golf left to play it's it's not but then you start going for pins that you normally wouldn't you start attacking the golf course and uh, then some big numbers come into place no you're asking great questions there about the course because there is an extra layer of tension you right. can call it uh just because it's the final 12 teams and your parents are there you know I, we don't you know we bring golfers in the studio a lot to talk and and you don't hear them mention my family's there to watch me and i just wonder what kind of pressure i don't even know if pressure is the right word but sweaty palms you know just man i want to hit this great for my mom you know because normally <laughs> they're not there yeah absolutely i mean i thought there would be more pressure than there was but really i didn't 
besides the first hole, I didn't feel any pressure. Um, it was really nice. They were up there helping us spot balls, maybe getting us food. and sure. It was really nice. I mean, they don't go to a lot of tournaments, but when they can, it's really fun for them to be there, and it really makes me feel good. Good. How about you, Thomas? Uh, my f- my family's usually just about every event, so... Uh, but there was a lot of people who who were not part of my family that were watching, which made it interesting. So, so when you say interesting, does that make you a little bit nervous? Those first couple of holes, and you, you're teeing it up, and you've got, uh, you know, people around you watching you hit your ball. Um. Or, or you guys just do that so often you don't even think about it anymore. I wouldn't say nervous. I'd say it got me. It got me ready to go. Oh, okay, great. From the uh, from the flip side of things. Yeah, there's a number of uh, college golf coaches walk around the state tournament as well. They're checking out, you know, the the teams and the players. And uh, you know, we've had uh, a number following our guys this year. So when you add that into all the Muller golf alumni that show up and their families, and uh, you know, we had a great turnout of, of Muller contingency up That's there to wonderful. support and. Uh, you know, just seeing uh, Mr. Asbeck, the athletic director, coming up and uh, watching these guys tee off number one uh, Friday morning and him giving the support to the boys, they love that. Yeah, it's awesome. Did uh, Coach Bonet make the trip? Not this year, unfortunately. His uh, son was running the Columbus Marathon on Sunday, and he gotcha. was up there for that. And actually, that Saturday, one of our former Moeller Golf alumni, Jeff Neiman, was inducted into the uh, – Ohio Westland Hall of Fame as he was a four-time All-American there. Nice. So Coach was up with him uh, as he was inducted. So, uh, guys, was it a great experience? I know you, ca- you came in fourth uh, in, a, in a very tough field. Matt, was it everything you expected? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we wanted to win, but it was a lot to ask. We haven't been up there in five years. So to get fourth out of 12 of the best teams in Ohio, I'd say there's that was pretty damn good. Yeah, I agree. Thomas, how about you? I think fourth is is uh, is great, but I'd like to come back there next year and win it. That's what coach wants to hear. Yeah, and uh, and I, I fully believe we we've got the horses too. You know, uh, I'm not just saying this, and I'm not putting pressure on these two in this room, but I fully believe we've got the uh, best number one two punch in the state of Ohio coming back. And uh, you know what? There's going to be some really good teams out there uh, believing that they can win state, which they should. And uh, I believe next year we're, we're losing a lot. We're losing, uh, you know, eight seniors uh, off the varsity team. So we're going to have to have some of those JV guys coming in and step up. up. But uh, you know what? We've got a really solid returning core with Thomas and Matt here. And then we've also got Hayden, who had some uh, really good experiences and a great round at TPC this year in the GCL quad. And we've got Wyatt, who's a junior, going to be a senior. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be ready for next year, that's yeah. for sure. Pipeline's full. Yeah, that's what we like to think and hope. And I think, you know, with we talked in the first segment about the, the competition and the parity within the varsity uh, golf in Ohio. I think that's what's happening. I think uh, people are recognizing how great the game is. There's more courses, and people are gravitating to play golf as opposed to maybe other sports. And that's, I think, you know, you're getting some really great athletes playing golf. Yeah, and it helps when we've got uh, golf worldwide, like the PJ Tour in Japan right now, and Tiger just won. Uh, How about Tiger? I was yeah. just watching it outback, some of the highlights. Yeah. He looks like he's 30 again. I know. He's walking around with a confidence and swagger again, and, and that's good for our game. You know, yeah. it's, it's amazing how when you've got guys playing really great golf like Tiger and Rory and Phil, and but, but let's be honest, nobody moves the needle of worldwide golf like Tiger. Right. So the fact that he – Won his 82nd to tie Sam Snead. Well, he tied him. He yep. didn't pass oh, him that's yet. Right. Okay, he tied him at 82. So, but but the fact that he did that on an international level, 
uh, just says so much for the game of golf because imagine being a young kid in that audience over in Japan right. watching Tiger do that, yeah. and then you got that kid hooked for life on golf, and, and that's what we won. I mean, Thomas and Matt were there you know, 10 years ago. They were watching their favorite player who might have been Tiger, might have been right. Ricky, Rory, Phil, whoever it was. And uh, you know, that's good when the PJ Tours at a high level because it breeds success in the junior ranks as well. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, guys, let's talk about the offseason. Uh, Thomas, what's ahead for you uh, to get ready for your senior year of Molar Golf? Uh, talk about the offseason. Uh, yeah, my next, my next tournament will be in December. It's the Junior Jones Cup, and then and then I'll be moving on to the summer and and focusing on AJGAs and stuff like that. So and then will that be in this region most of the your summer golf, or do you travel? Uh, what, what's involved with your summer schedule? I think a lot a lot of it is mostly not in this region. I mostly travel for a lot of the golf because a lot of the great competition is um, I can't exactly get here in, in just okay. Ohio. Great. Sounds sounds awesome, Matt. How about you? What's what's in store for your plan this this off season to get ready for your senior year? Yeah, I feel like I'll definitely play some tournaments, just like Thomas said. Um, I'm gonna try to like work out a lot more, get get my body in really good shape for just so I stay healthy and no injuries. That's a big thing for next year because sure. this year we had a couple guys pull their backs and et cetera. So I, I'd like to keep my body in good shape. And then also I like to, like, interact with the the younger guys more just so they feel like they're part of the team, sure. so, which will help us next season for sure. No question. Coach, uh, talk about your off-season uh, plans and, and, and uh, all that good stuff for Molar Golf 2020. Well, we've got the uh, Molar Golf Banquet coming up here on November 10th, which is an exciting way to put a bow on this incredible year we had. And uh, I just talked with Kim at Molar this morning in the athletic department. I think we're up to close to 80 people coming to the banquet. So, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. We got a lot to celebrate on the JV level and the varsity level, and uh, it's a perfect way to put a put an end to this golf season. And then it's time to, you know, I'd like to say take a deep breath, but there's no taking a deep breath. Uh, you know, we, we've got the Molar Open House on November 3rd, and, right. you know, that's going to be a great chance for me to meet some uh, future Molar golfers and their parents and start talking to them about our offseason and what we can do. Uh, we are going to be running the Crusader Golf Academies again over at uh, Meadow Links, where okay. my assistant coach, Andrew Horner, is the head pro at the mill. He'll run those, and it's a perfect opportunity for a lot of our younger guys to get some uh, – you know, one-on-one uh, -on -one small group instruction with Coach Horner. Uh, and we'll definitely be uh, getting some workouts in this offseason with Coach Ross and really getting ready. Uh, we might be going back to St. Louis in the spring. Not sure if we're going to do that trip again, but uh, I think that was a, a really good offseason trip for our guys to get ready for this fall. Right. And uh, the fact that these two right here that are sitting here were co-medalists in that tournament out right. there with some of the best teams in uh, Utah and uh, Missouri and things like that, I, I think that just gave us further confidence that – we can play with the big boys. and um, It's exciting. Yeah, it is. I mean, our, our August 1st is going to be here before we know it next year. And right. uh, and we want to really mimic what we did this past year of, as I told my coaching staff, I didn't tell the boys the importance of that first week because we didn't have a winning culture at Muller Golf the last few years. And that first week, we were literally flying under the radar, as I've mentioned before in some yes. podcasts. And when we went and posted a 288, that first tournament on that Monday, uh, I think it was August 5th, 
to win the Lakota Invitational with all those big teams. Uh, you were you know, pretty excited. Yeah, that set the tone, and we had an incredible trip up to Cleveland. And for us to come back the very next day on a very difficult red tail golf course to shoot 295 or 299, I forgot. 295. 295. Um, that was just a – that was just kind the confidence. of the season. Yeah, confidence we needed. And then to go back down to Columbus on the way home, still haven't been back to home yet, and we won the uh, um, Westerville Central Tournament at uh, Rattlesnake Ridge, which is a great golf course, and we shot 297, I think, there to win that one. So that first week when we came home with two firsts and a second place, you know, that is exactly what our team needed. And th- these two guys were first, second at uh, Rattlesnake. They, they both played extremely well at Weatherington. They both played well up at Redtail. That just gave us the confidence that our team needed that, we have this winning culture and wherever we show up we've got a great chance to win as long as we play smart and you know trust our abilities trust our team and and that's what we're able to do so going into this off season for us coaches it's about building the new team getting ready for august 1st tryouts of 2020 and trying our best to mimic this start to 2020 sure. season to, to 2019s because it went so well right. from a coach's perspective. Well, we got to thank you from ESP Media because we've had several thousand listeners to our six podcasts. It was something new we tried this year. Absolutely. And uh, we've gotten great feedback. The uh, people have gotten and, and listened. And like I said, we're we're up over a few thousand listens to these six podcasts. And who would have thunk it uh, talking about high school golf? But it just shows you that there's a demand out there for high school golf, especially uh, molar golf. And uh, I thank you for believing in us and making this really great. Yeah, well, I thank you as well because the opportunity for us to be able to do this and talk high school golf and, you know, these kids love coming on here and talking and, uh, you know, the ones that get to go on, the other kids are asking them how it was when we get to practice and uh, what other opportunity would they have to come on and be able to talk to, uh, you know, a few thousand listeners and have them listen to what they have to say. It's just great experience for lifetimes too. You're right. Whether they go on and play golf at the collegiate level or pro level, you know, you're going to need to talk to people at some point in your life Yeah, and it's just uh, great to talk about your craft and what you're excited about and what you're doing. Absolutely. And these two that we're sitting with right here have a great opportunity to go play uh, D1 college golf uh, after they graduate seniors. And then uh, I know both of them want to ultimately play at the pro level as well someday. So uh, hopefully we're inviting them back in five or ten years and they have a couple of big-time trophies here. Perfect. Well, guys, uh, Thomas Henderson, Matt Dalton, and uh, Coach Dan Dunlop, thank you for coming in. Uh, This is Rob Ebel. This is the Back Nine Molar Golf uh, with Molar Golf Coach Dan Dunlop, and we'll uh, probably in a few months fire this thing back up and get get the uh, season number two started for Molar Golf. Thank you all for uh, tuning in and for sponsors. Uh, Thank you, and uh, good night.